Thank you for listening to the Matt's Movie Reviews podcast, available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Stitcher. Also, please follow Matt's Movie Reviews on Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn, Reddit, Instagram, and MeWe. And of course, be sure to visit mattsmoviereviews.net for the latest reviews, top 10 lists, and more. Now, on to the show. Abraham. Lord, take now your son and go to the land of Moriah. And there, offer him. The Lord came to me last night. I must go to Moriah and make a sacrifice to him there. Isaac and I will go alone. Why, Isaac? Because the Lord commands it. Make sure no harm comes to our son. The road is a dangerous place, Abraham. The Lord has set us on this path. He will guide us. This road belongs to Abimelech, king of Pelisath. I know who owns this road. I have given your king plenty of tributes. What is your name, old man? Abraham. Why go all this way? Go through all this effort? He has us do this in remembrance. That death is the penalty for sin. You believe that? It's impossible. Is anything too difficult for the Lord? What's your purpose in this? If this is your judgment on me, take my life, not his. Everyone's blind until their eyes are opened. The Lord chose that man out from the wicked that hope may endure. Take me! Hello and welcome to the Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Perkovich, and this is episode number 518. Releasing March 30 in Australian cinemas is His Only Son, a biblical film that tells the story of Abraham, an incredibly important figure in the book of Genesis, whose relationship with God is tested when Abraham is asked to sacrifice his son, Isaac. A film five years in the making, his only son will mark the first theatrical release from Angel Studios, who also produced the hit series The Chosen. And joining me now on a Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is the director, writer, editor, and so much more on his only son, Mr. David Helling. David, I thank you so very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing to be here. And so good to have you as well. Um, five years in the making, and now... In here in Australia, in the States, New Zealand, a uh, bunch of our territories, some places in Europe as well, I think, you're going to have this film go out during Easter time as well, which is really important, um, a little caveat which we should put there. Yeah. How do you feel now that this work that you've been tooling over over the last five years would now be not only released but released on cinema screens? I think that's a really big distinction to make because – Films can come out on digital, but to see it on a, on a big screen in, in, in movie houses, I think that's a real kind of important uh, distinction to, to make here. Yeah, it's the it's the old fashioned way, you know. It's the it's 
as a filmmaker, that's the dream, right? You you make movies and you hope that it be on the big screen. Um, but for for me, it has been actually this is and actually an answer to to prayer uh, for me that I've had for years. Even writing the film, I remember telling my producing partner that that uh, how amazing it would be that this thing would be perfect for an Easter theatrical release. But mm. this film is so humbly made um, and it's taken so long to do because a lot of it has just had to be for budgetary reasons. Yeah. I had to wear a lot of the hats myself and, you know, I've been in post with this film for years. We were originally supposed to shoot it in the fall of 2018. We ended up shooting it in the summer of 2019. And since then, I've been working on the edit, and uh, since January 2020, I've been working on the visual effects, and that includes over 325 visual effects shots, tons of model making, miniature making, green screen work, um, and uh, and it polished enough to where when Angel Studios saw the film, they said, well, not only do we want this, we want to put it as a wide theatrical Easter release, and since they decided to do that, it's just continued to blow away their expectations and really go far beyond anything I could ask or think. Um, because it, this has been a prayer, not only for an Easter release, but a wide theatrical and global release. Because, uh, you know, I actually, I remember praying literally like you can see right here next to me, the uh, this this couch right here, literally praying right here, uh, kneeling down at this couch years ago. Um, that the Lord would bring this wide and far and it'd be it'd be so the release would be so big that uh, it would be only explainable as to that the Lord did it himself. Um, and that's exactly what's happening now. I wanted to go back a bit to when you're in film school in San Francisco. So prior to that, you were a Marine, you served in Iraq and thank you for your service, uh, by the way. Um, and around that time... <laughs> And around that time, you had a, a spiritual conversion from what I've I've I've, um, I've read that it kind of like took, brought you to Christ. But at the same time, it kind of brought you to kind of like you wanted to be a filmmaker as well. It's interesting how kind of like these two parallel kind of things kind of converge together. And you go to the film school in San Francisco, and you wanted to make biblical movies. And of course, we're talking about San Francisco here. So the film school could teach you yes. <laughs> the ins and outs and, and logistics of things. But it comes to that brand of filmmaking, maybe not so. But in the context of Bible films, you're pretty much self-taught, right? You taught yourself how to make those miniatures, how to adapt the story, these yes. stories that come from the, the biblical text, costumes as well, create those. Those you yes. so while you're kind of going academic training. You're doing your own kind of self-taught training as well. Yeah, because um, you know, I went to the Academy of Art University in San Francisco, right in the heart of downtown San Francisco. Um, and it's sort of a historic art school there. Um, and my track that I was on was actually directing for film and television. And so, but all the skills that I needed to do to be able to almost one-man band if I needed to, these um, these biblical short films out of my own pocket. I had to teach myself visual effects and, and miniature making and green screen work and sewing costumes. Like I bought a uh, a thirty dollar. Um, someone was selling their grandmother's old sewing machine online, and I ended up buying it for thirty dollars. And literally had to YouTube how to thread the 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 the, uh, the string through the machine. And from that point on, like I started sewing all my costumes for my short films. 
that I worked on for nearly a decade. And because um, I did these little biblical vignettes for close to 10 years before I started His Only Son. And little did I know that the Lord was crafting all those skills in me to prep me to have to do them for his only son due to budget reasons. Um, and so, um, yeah, you can look in hindsight and it's, it's always amazing to see the hand of the Lord on your life and how he um, led every step of the way. And he is sovereign over the whole thing. You just stand in awe. The Abraham story, or specifically the, the story of Abraham and Isaac, incredibly important in biblical text. It's depicted in the uh, book of Genesis and Abraham's um, uh, outside of you know, God the creator himself. It's probably the most important patriarchal uh, figure um, in, in the Bible, you might say. When it comes to mm. choosing that story, a story that in a lot of ways can be a real kind of uh, point of contention, not only within theological circles, but even like secular ones as well. What was it about that story yeah. that really spoke to you to be the feature because when people do make features based on biblical texts, they go to certain, you know, tried and true kind of, you know, things, the Christ story, of course, perhaps um, uh, Moses uh, and other, other people as well. But, yeah, you know, the, the Abraham story, I think outside of maybe some TV productions, in maybe if that, you don't really see it much in, in regards to a, in the cinema. So what was it about that story that really spoke to you as a filmmaker that you said, I can do something with this and present it in a way that could perhaps answer some questions that people have about the text itself and its, uh, and its meaning in the overall arc of the, the Christian uh, Christian story within uh, the Bible. Yeah, I mean, you kind of actually gave me the answer in the question. Um, so thank you. No, but the uh, I uh, it, it goes back you know, uh, to my time. Um, in film school in San Francisco, because right, you touched on it. It's not really, you don't think of um, doing biblical films in the heart of downtown San Francisco. Um, and so I definitely was the only person trying to do that there. But what that provided me was in each and every class at the start of every single semester, it always led to a gospel conversation because you start every class with you know, what do you want to do? Oh, you want to make Bible films. Why you want to do that? Well, because the gospel. Um, and so naturally, I um, began to have a lot of there in, in San Francisco, because I was there for nearly 10 years um, in the Bay Area. I had, the, I had a lot of non-believing, I still do have a lot of non-believing um, and agnostic and atheist friends. And this was time and time again, a point of contention where they could look at this account and 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 they and when you're having a conversation about faith and 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 what I believe and sharing the gospel with them as a, a point that they always like to hit on was like oh you would worship a god that would tell a man to sacrifice his own son tell a man to kill his son that's the kind of god you worship no thanks i don't want it um and then i found so that's on one hand and on the other hand i found time and time again a lot of my brothers and sisters in christ don't know how to give an answer to that how do you explain why God would test Abraham in this way? And so I wanted to dive into the text, exegete the text, pull out what the Lord was doing in it. And you and you look at the whole counsel of God, all scripture, what the Lord was doing in Abraham's life, his purpose behind it, and what he was pointing to. 
And we know that it, it, it's pointing to, just like the whole Old Testament does, but this account explicitly is pointing directly to Christ. It's taking this man out of paganism, Abraham, 2,000 years before Christ, and the Lord's going to make a nation of him, and generations are going to come from him, and each generation will be able to look back at this account in Abraham's life. And whenever, when the Lord did choose to lay down his own son on the same mountain for the sins of all those who would believe, we now, in hindsight, can look back and see, oh, the Lord has had this in the works since the very beginning, since before the beginning. And so to do this film, to give an answer to the scoffers and to give an answer to the believers alike, so the believers can tell their non-believing friends and family, hey, look, there was a purpose in this. And just as there was a purpose in this hardship in Abraham's life, there's a purpose in your hardship as well. If you're in Christ, he's working it all together for your good. Um, so there's hope that comes from that. And I hope that it blesses many people um, for their edification if they're in Christ and if they're not in Christ. And I hope their eyes open to the truth of the gospel. The Matt's Movie Reviews podcast is brought to you by T Public. Public is the world's largest marketplace for independent creators to sell their work on the highest quality merchandise. With over 1.2 million designs, Public is sure to have something you will love. The Matt's Movie Reviews Podcast is brought to you by Amazon. The world's leading online store, Amazon is your first stop to buy a wide range of products at competitive prices with fast delivery times. Amazon is also a world-class entertainment hub that includes Prime Video, Audible, Twitch, Amazon Music, and more. Sign up with Amazon today and experience the best in online shopping and entertainment. Please support Matt's movie reviews on Patreon. Get access to exclusive content, request movie reviews and top 10 lists, and help support my work. Please click on the Patreon link in the description below. What I find really interesting about Abraham, especially in the context of your movie, is that the story to me, yes, it is a biblical film, but to me it's also like a haunting character study. Here you have a man who was asked to make the ultimate sacrifice, a man who has often um, taken on uh, the orders uh, from God and gone where he said to go, do what he said to do, and then finds himself conflicted in this latest test. There's on the outside, he's projecting that he will do God's will, but on the inside and in his own private moments of prayer, there's an anguish there as well. I think that's really important to kind of touch on because I think sometimes in biblical texts, especially the Old Testament in certain stories, while the plot lines are, are, are motivations are out there, sometimes what's missing is that kind of like that inner um, emotional battle that's in there as well. And I think that's really important that your film show days, that's something that you really want to show as well, the conflict, the anguish, and also perhaps even the questioning that this man had with his latest uh, dealing with his this latest request uh, from God. Yeah, I mean, my whole reason for doing this since my since the Lord got a hold of my heart in Iraq as a Marine um, and drew me to his word and opened my eyes to the truth of his gospel and the depth of my own sin. And um, the the Bible came alive to me and the people in the Bible came alive to me. And I wanted to show people that that these 
were real people in God's redemptive plan that he's had from the beginning. And in showing others that this is real people that we're reading about, this isn't a fairy tale. This isn't fiction. This isn't allegorical. These were real people living real life with real hurts, real struggles, just like us. And the Lord could oversee. And we're looking in hindsight. We see how everything connects together because we have we have this hindsight view. But they couldn't see that. They just had to keep their eyes fixed on, like how we're told in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Um, they were doing the same thing. They were, you know, it says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. So in his darkest night, it was just like when we go through our darkest night and what got him through it was knowing that the Lord's doing something, even if you can't understand it. And yeah, like you said, his his prayer um, that I put in the film, uh, it's very reminiscent of of Christ's prayer in the garden before he goes Mm. to Calvary the next day. Um, You know, it's uh, it's. The, you know, where you see the Lord is fully God, fully man. Christ is fully God, fully man. And he was completely sinless. But he said, Father, if you're if you're willing, let this cup pass from me, uh, but not my will, let yours be done. Um, it's hard to wrap your mind around. Around that. Um, but if the Lord himself in the garden was having those types of prayers, how much more? <laughs> Would we as fallen men, um, when we're faced with the absolute biggest crisis of our lives, and yet we are faithful, um, how would that look in our own prayer life? And and so I did want to explore that and to show that the Lord is still there in your darkest night, in your biggest struggle. He is still a very present help. He is still your refuge and your strength. He is still Emmanuel, God with us, um, uh, and and He's got a purpose in it all. And for those that are his, that purpose is good. Well, also in regards to the Abraham character, that's you have that internal struggle, but externally, this is a character who died at the age of, I think it was like 175 years old. So you have to depict a lot of the timeline of his whole life throughout the movie. And it's done so in a nonlinear fashion. And so you cast Nicholas Moawad in the lead role, who's a Lebanese actor. Terrific in the film. But he, you need to make sure you can get an actor that can portray all these different physical kind of attributes of aging on the camera. It's not only just the makeup. It's a a way that his back hunches a little more. His walk is a little less slow as he's older. And it's also just how the years of kind of like of all the responsibility that he has kind of like kind of wavered on him as well. How important was it to get an actor like Nicholas to be able to portray those external factors of the, the what's happening on his within is kind of like really affecting what's happening on the outside as well. Yeah, that um, you know, I obviously that's what I would want in an actor. Um, but doesn't mean that you're gonna get that. But Nicola um was absolutely um a godsend. And and even in the story of how he was cast. Uh, if I got into that, you just see the hand of the Lord on the whole thing. This was his first English language film. This was his first American film at the time when we shot it. Um, and uh, and he was, I didn't realize how big the star he was in the Middle East. And he's just continued to get bigger and bigger. And uh, he brought such 
uh, a tenderness and such a, I mean, he was so good in the role. Like whenever we were shooting all day, we would have these long shoot days because we were trying to cram everything in, in very few days. We had a very short shooting schedule. And whenever he would get out of makeup at the end of the day, <laughs> I, I genuinely felt like, it was like, hey, man, where you been all day? I haven't seen you. Like, like literally, it felt like a different person. Like whenever Nicola would come out out of makeup and it's like, oh, dude, man, I haven't talked to you all day. No, I've been working with him all day, but he was Abraham. And so just even his voice tone. And I'm glad you picked up on that because like even the tone of his voice would change. Um, and it was just it's very, very subtle. But uh, but he it, yeah, he did something very special in that. And I think. I truly believe that the hand of the Lord was just all over it, um, all over the whole film. Uh, but yeah, his, even his portrayal. Much like yourself, I'm a big fan of um, biblical epics. It's really interesting just looking at the evolution of the biblical film over the decades. When you have the 30s, 40s, 50s, there were these incredibly large spectacles, um, you know, in order the sets and extras and costumes and everything else, those were the blockbuster films of those days. And as the years progress, it seems to me, especially now, that it's not so much about the spectacle anymore, which these films do have. I mean, your film was shot in Los Angeles and you see the vastness of the land that Abraham and Isaac and his party have to kind of like have to, their pilgrim, pilgrimage have to go through. And, and that, but it's all more about the, the characters and the intimacy of it. And I think a lot of that has to come down to what The Chosen have done over the last couple of years. It kind of broke it down to where it's about who these people are, who these people were, I should say, their importance in the whole kind of scheme of things when it comes to the story of God and, of course, when regarding The Chosen, the story of Christ. Do you think that moving forward when it comes to the future of the biblical film, because I imagine this would be something that you would still be heavily invested in going forward, that the stories will be much more concentrated on kind of like more intimate uh, portrayals of these characters? Or can you foresee, and, you know, um, you know God bless, I, I hope it happens that when this film opens and it does really good uh, box office and studios see that people want to watch these movies just as The Chosen has proven, just as Jesus' Revolution has just proven, and hopefully just like how His Only Son will prove that maybe those kind of big spectacle kind of costume dramas will come back and be told by uh, Christian filmmakers and Christian film studios. Because I think a distinction I should make is that the recent attempts to do films like the real kind of big spectacle kind of ones have been done from like secular directors. And I think sometimes that there might be something missing in translation in in kind of the ways that some of these films have, have been made. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, because you look at, I mean, Ridley Scott is like the king world builder of our time, right? Um, and you look at Exodus and what a spectacle that was, but it's just it it fails so flat because he just you're you're dealing with an atheist director. And I love I mean Ridley has, you know, <laughs> as far as there's a number of my favorite films, <laughs> and they're all <laughs> happen to be directed by Ridley Scott or Mel Gibson. Um, but the uh, but you look at uh, I think that there's they just miss something there mm. because when you're dealing with it from an atheistic worldview, the same thing with Noah. I mean, think about how much how awesome that movie could have been, but they've treated it like it was Gilgamesh and not like it was the true history of the world. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, I think, I mean, my heart is to, and, um, you know, I don't know if you, if you realize, yeah, cause I've been working on this film for five and a half years, Dallas yes. Jenkins and I have actually been working on the film. Uh, well, he hasn't worked on my film, but we, I've been working on his only son for as long as he's been working on the chosen. Um, and I've actually known Dallas since before the chosen ever was um and since before he shot the shepherd and uh, we had already connected because he was doing these short biblical vignettes for his church in chicago and i was doing these short biblical vignettes for my church in in the san francisco bay area and uh, we had connected and we just stayed in touch and so we i was able to keep up with with the chosen growing 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 and while the chosen for these three seasons has become this global phenomenon I've been working on this one film <laughs> and it, it was, it had gotten disheartening and I had to really lay my pride down and just be like, you know what, if the Lord has this never come out, then praise the Lord anyway. And I just need to pray for Dallas and Amanda. Um, but we, but we were actually Dallas and I were actually in Los Angeles the same week um, casting for our respective projects, him for chosen season one and me for his only son. Um, and it's, it's pretty amazing to see because it's not like we plan this. It's not like, you know, or or like he was doing this. And I was like, oh, let me hurry up and jump on this this chosen bandwagon or or that we each decided to get to the heart. Because we were already kind of doing these things separately across the country in short film format. And um, I don't I mean, the, the Lord's doing something, man. And I don't know what it is, but I'm just so thankful that he's allowed me to right now, at least for his only son. Be a part of it. Um, and my heart is to continue to get at the heart of these biblical figures, these people that lived in history, because um, I got into films to do biblical films, not to do film. If, if if someone said, oh, you know, you can we're rebooting the DC universe and you could do the next Superman film, which is it's it's still I don't like what they're doing with DC now. Um, but uh, but we'll see how it goes. But I'm a big Superman fan. But if someone were to say that, they say, oh, you could do the next Superman film. You're never going to do another biblical film again. I'd be like, okay, I appreciate it, but I got to go do something else. Because my heart is to bring the word to people. Um, and I, I, I feel like the Lord has me right now doing it through film. But he may change course later on. But I know that that spreading the word, spreading the the, the scripture so that in so that people can turn to the word for themselves. That's my heart cry. That's what I want to do. And so next for the next film, um, you know, I want to continue to work chronologically through scripture, uh, building on the the narrative that the Lord has written in history. That was his redemptive plan that leads all the way to Christ. Um, and uh, and I have actually now signed a contract um, with Angel to begin the next film. And I don't know if it's going to show in Australia, but I know for at least for the United States and probably Australia as well, they have had me film an intro to His Only Son and an outro um, after the credits. And in the outro, I share what um, what I'll be doing next. That's really exciting to hear. And I think it's a really great thing as well. And for everyone out there listening, in Australian cinemas, March 30, His Only Son, the film also releases for my US listeners listeners. Um, around the same day, I think March 31. Also, I think it's going to be um, on 1,800 screens. So your cinemas mm -hmm. near you should have it. If they do, buy a ticket. Tell someone else to buy a ticket. Tell that person and go ahead because if you want your films, if you want films to represent biblical narrative, 
Christian narrative to be seen more, you have to go out there and show the marketplace that people want to watch these films, they want to see these films, and there's money to be made from these films because I think that's a very important extinction to be made here. Anyone can make a movie, but we need to make this movie successful. And I hope nothing but the best for yourself. And I hope that um, when it oh, comes to His Only Son, that um, it really does just um, start something new that like you're just talking about right now, right now, that yourself and Dallas have been really getting off the ground now and yeah, five and five and so years and here we are, 2023, and his only son going to be in theaters. I'm sure it's a very exciting time for you and your family. And yeah, I think it's going to be great for every Christian out there to watch this movie, especially at this time of Easter. I think it's really important that people do watch this film and understand not only the uh, the character of Abraham in this story, but to also have conversations with other people as well. Maybe through that, maybe someone else might might be turned to the Bible and to the Word of God, and, and that will be. A miracle in its own way. It's um, so David Helling. Thank you very much for your time today. Congrats with the film and best of luck with the film's release. Thank you, brother. And uh, hey, Matt, man, you you knocked that out of the park with the research you did, man. That's uh, you were very informed, and I appreciate it. And uh, may the Lord bless um, what you're doing as well. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for your time and for letting me be on your show. <laughs>